Are we doing this? Really? Wait for it. Are we doing this? Wait for it. How? What the fuck? WTF. And it's also, eh, what the fuck? What's wrong with me? It's time for WTF. What the fuck? With Mark Marin. Okay, folks, welcome to another episode of WTF with Mark Marin. I am Mark Marin, and what the fuck? Am I right? Am I right? Welcome aboard. I'm glad you're here. We have a great show today. My friend John Oliver, who you know from The Daily Show, will be on the phone with me in just a bit. We're going to talk about British stuff, and I guess about things that he's doing, and then I'll probably impose on him things about my life, because that's my style. Also, we're calling my father. We're going to call my father, who has some ideas about what I should be doing with my life. He knows I'm in a bit of a transition now, that uh, I'm no longer working at the job I was working at for Air America, and we're doing the podcast, but he doesn't quite understand that because he doesn't know how to get it. And I got an email today saying, I don't know what this is. If you can, uh, I'm generationally challenged, he said, and that if you could show me how to do it, I would do it. But if not... Uh, I want to talk to you about some things because I got some ideas. So we're going to talk to my uh, to my dad about his ideas for my future. And if you're listening and you'd like to follow us on Twitter, you can go to twitter.com slash WTF pod. Now let's get to uh, the email. If you want to email the show, you can email us at WTF pod at Gmail. And the reason I'm doing that last is I got emails. People are emailing their what the fuck experiences they're also emailing responses to things I've talked about. And they're also you know, sending us general responses to the show. Uh, this first one from Michelle. She says, my hair cutter is the only person I've followed through this many venue changes. And both of you are worth it. Very nice. Thanks for listening, Michelle. Thanks for writing. And this is uh, in relation to uh, the thing I did about Whole Foods, about stealing from Whole Foods, about taking that stevia and feeling not so bad about it and encouraging others to do so. Mark. I'm not as brave as you are going public, but I had to write to, and tell you I took your advice and walked out of the Columbus Circle Whole Foods with merchandise today. It's the first time I've done anything like that. I'm still processing my feelings about the whole thing and don't know if I'll do it again, but thanks for the experience. And I guess I'll leave her name out of it. Congratulations on the entering the world of crime. This is my, from my buddy Lucas Melendez, who's a comedian down in Austin. Uh, enjoyed the premiere podcast, man. Anytime I've willingly broken the law, the days always seem to fall into place much better. I don't know the logic there. I catch all the green lights, find parking right in front of where I'm looking to go. I find an onion ring in my fries. Stuff. <laughs> anyway, I don't want to bother you much, but it's good to have the podcast to look forward to each week. Hope you keep pumping them out. If you ever need someone to mentor, I'm in the midst of a, a belief system renovation. I'd be a nice fixer-upper. Maybe I just need a haircut. <laughs> That's from Lucas. Very funny. We should get him on the phone. But, folks, I don't know if this email is real, but it, it thrilled me. I was, I, I was reading it, and I couldn't believe it because it's believable, but it's, it's written. I don't even know how to explain it. I'll explain it after. Listen to your podcast and like the last 85% of it. I have a problem with how you started out your segment on Whole Foods. What you said about elitism and the crazy asshole who runs the place, John Mackey, is point on. What you said about diarrhea is off-based and ignorant. You had loose bowels. Tough shit. Shit happens. To blame it on the salad bar shows how little you know about food. 
There are tons of people who think that they receive food poisoning or diarrhea from food establishments. More times than not, this is bullshit. More likely than not, you had something else going on in your body. Your body was not used to having that much hummus. Take accountability. Maybe you will disprove my point, and disprove is in quotations. Maybe you will disprove my point by Googling it, but there's just as much info on the other side of this. Both sides are out there. <laughs> there are many people who jump to conclusions from one experience slash limited experiences. If every time you have too much hummus, your bowels are loose, your system is not used to that much chickpeas. Why not be more American and tell people how allergic you are to some benign ingredient like olive oil? That would be the same narrow-minded conclusion. I love your podcast, but you don't know shit about food. I hope your narrow-mindedness makes you believe you get the shits from your favorite food. That's from David. I don't know if he's for real or not. It was framed like a righteous response. Do you know what I mean? That like, I take issue. Where's that line? Oh, <laughs> this sentence, I, I, I'm going to put it separately and print it and put it on my door. What you said about diarrhea is off-based and ignorant. Take accountability. <laughs> oh, my God. That was beautiful. Thanks for the emails, and keep them coming. That's WTFpod at Gmail. Keep sending them. Send some more of uh, your what-the-fuck experiences. I had a sort of a what-the-fuck experience uh, not too long ago in my neighborhood. I live in a very ethnically diverse neighborhood. I live in Astoria, Queens. I don't know where anybody is from. I do know where the people that seem to have grown up in Queens are from. Queens, I like to call, you know, outside of the incredible uh, ethnic diversity, the borough of geniuses. Because in Queens, within five minutes, if you stand on any corner, you can witness this conversation between two people that have lived there for years. Why? Huh? Why? Oh, yeah. Right. But that's not the real Queens. That's the old Queens. Now Queens, it used to be a Greek neighborhood. Now I just, I don't know where everybody comes from. And it doesn't make me uncomfortable. I'm not racist. I, I'm nervous. It's really case by case. It's not ethnicity specific. And I think everybody's a little nervous when you see someone or something that is different. You have a, a, a mild uh, fear or panic, like I don't understand. And then you integrate it and you talk to them or you see what it is and you're no longer frightened. Uh, I think a lot of racism happens when people blame a certain thing or ethnicity. Why am I saying thing? That's not racist. That's objectivist. I, no, I don't even think that's right. That's thingist. But, but when you lump them all together, whoever they are, and you say that it's their fault and I hate them for doing it, then it's racism. It does, and then it doesn't even really become extreme racism until it's, it's full of hate. So I'm really at phase one and I'm comfortable there because I think that's human. But the interesting thing about living in Queens is I have no idea where everyone's from. I mean, there's one corner like down the street from me that it's literally like going to Egypt. I know where they're from because it's Egypt. It's, it, there's, uh, there's Egyptian writing. They're smoking hookahs in uh, hookah shops. There's uh, Egyptian pastry shops and meat markets. There's mosques. I understand that. That's all well and good. I enjoy walking by there, maybe having some baklava or looking at a skewer of meat rotating in, a, in front of an open flame. I know there's a lot of Greeks there. I know that the Dominicans are there. And I know that uh, there's a few Italians and a few Irish. When the N or the W comes out of the tunnel at Queensboro Plaza here in New York, it should be playing It's a Small World after all, all the time. It's like a Disney ride. I mean, literally, I'm on the train. I'm like, Eskimos? There are Eskimos here? It's summer and they're fully equipped and they, there's dogs? But, but I exaggerate. What, what I wanted to, to sort of explore is the fact that I, as an American, 
am incredibly entitled, you know, pathologically self-involved and, and, and selfish to the point where I don't, I don't appreciate the diversity as much as I should. I don't take in what's going on around me. I mean, I just found out that there is a bar around the corner from my house. It's a Croatian bar. I don't even know what that means. I mean, I know it was bad there. I, I know things happened. I know there was war and conflict. And I know it was a, a clusterfuck. And now there's a bar around the corner that, quite honestly, it, the back of the bar is on the back of my apartment. And they're always playing uh, loud music with the strange beat. I'm not saying it's bad. It's just not what I'm used to. See, I, I don't want to be misunderstood. But I get very aggravated at the Croatian bar. But that's besides the point. The point is, I realized the other day that I could be walking down my street, you know, just consumed with Mark, just sort of like, God, I hope that joke works tonight. I've tried it twice. And I still haven't got it quite right. Whereas the guy walking towards me could literally be thinking, I can't believe they killed my family. And I've just got to, you know, be a little more sensitive and a little more open and a little more respectful of, of the people around me because it's a lot more interesting than living in my own stupid head. Just today, I had the experience. All right, look, sometimes I get my clothes washed, right? Sometimes I pay to have my laundry done. I admit it. It ain't that big a deal. And it beats spending four hours in a laundromat, though I like that too. I've never feel better than watching my clothes tumble around a washer. I find it very meditative. I like to see, I feel like I'm doing something. And then when you put it in the dryer, it's like I am almost done with something major. But then I don't really like folding it. But anyways, I get it done sometimes. And the guy who owns my laundromat, it's a Korean guy, he owns it with his wife. And they have this uh, Latino woman who does the washing for them. I never thought twice about it. But today, uh, I'm going through my clothes. I get back. And uh, someone dumped bleach on all of my shit. Uh, not a lot of it. Nothing major was damaged. But there was bleach and there were spots. And it was, uh, like I said, it wasn't anything important. But I'd paid to get it done. So I had that weird battle with myself. Like, is it that big a deal? And I said, you know, I should bring this up to you. A lot of this stuff got bleach dumped on it. So I showed him. He's like, wow, we did this? I'm like, I think you did do that. And then he goes over to the poor Latino woman. And he's showing her my dirty underwear that, that aren't white, obviously, or else the bleach wouldn't have mattered. And, and a T-shirt that had bleach all over it. And uh, she looks at it. And she looks at him. And she says, uh, no, I didn't do that. And I, of course she did it. I didn't do it. I didn't do my laundry. And she's like, no, I didn't do that. And he's like, well, I, I think you did do it. And, uh, and then he apologizes to me. And you know what? I got to be honest with you. I felt no better. I felt shitty. I felt bad, even though like I should have complained because it did happen. And all I was really hoping for is he'd, he'd, he'd clean my clothes for free. And then I just ended up feeling bad. Like, you know, like what? I got to bother that poor woman's potential employment because I'm a little baby because some bleach got on some underwear that cost me a nickel. And I felt bad. So I think what I'm trying to say is I, I'm opening up a little bit and uh, I'm, I'm, I'm at least having feelings outside of my own stupid little world for people from other places in the world. And he didn't give me my laundry for free, which I thought was fucking ridiculous. I mean, what the fuck? You fucked up my pants. Give me a free load. All right, right now with me on the phone, Daily Show correspondent. He's also uh, going to be on the new NBC sitcom Community. He's got a podcast called The Daily Bugle with uh, Andy Zaltzman. Uh, he is the voiceover guy for BBC America as well. Wow, you are busy man. <laughs> that list really tailed off. <laughs> I'll say. <laughs> it got worse and worse and worse. <laughs> it so, started off okay. And then he started thinking, oof, boy. 
I don't know about this guy. That, this I didn't get to say your name. Just so everyone knows, this is John Oliver, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> there you go. You went even lower. Uh, yeah. <laughs> oh. So, John, where where the hell have you been? What do you mean? Well, you said you just got back. Yeah, I've been at work. Oh, well, that's not very exciting. I thought you'd been no, traveling. No, 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 absolutely isn't. I've got, I've got no rock and roll story other than I was at work too long, and now I'm back. How many episodes of this sitcom did you shoot? I did uh, three. Are you uh, uh, in the cast, or are you a recurring character? I think I'm not in the cast, so I guess, I guess I'm a recurring character. Check your contract. Yeah. That stuff's important. <laughs> you know what? I haven't actually read it, so <laughs> I'm, I'm guessing I'm a, I'm guessing I'm a recurring character in it. You want to but talk? I think I'm only going to recur three times. Oh, that's how many did they shoot? Uh, what they shoot six or something? Yeah, I think they shot. Like, this, this was the first five, and then they're going to go. I can't do any more because I've got I've got uh, to be at work. So that was that was all I could do. So I think I'd, I'd probably describe that as an occasional character, not even recurring. <laughs> yeah, I would think you'd have a few more details on this, but I, I don't mean to press you. You know, I don't want to make you uncomfortable. <laughs> what, what is this? Uh, what is this sitcom about? If you don't mind my asking, it's about a community college of losers. And do you not play- the people that go? All the people that go to community college are losers. There's nothing loser based about trying to better yourself. As it happens, these people are losers. Right, uh, and so that's what that's what it is. And then there's one guy who's used to be a lawyer. Then it turned out his qualifications weren't correct, so he has to go back to community college to get it. And that is the plot device. Was this the, your first experience shooting uh, situational comedy? It was in America, yeah, not in England. Did you enjoy it? Did you have a hard time? Yeah. Were you? No, di- it was fun. It was fun. I mean, I'm I'm not an actor, so you know, when people when when, like, when a director says to you. Now, what, what do you think a character was doing before the scene? You go, I, I don't know. <laughs> I've no idea. I've no idea. To be honest, I feel really ludicrous even thinking about that. So how about I just try and say these words as funny as I can, and then we all leave. <laughs> right. Why don't you ask the writer? See if he's got some backstory for you. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> what do I look like? I mean, you, there are jokes on a piece of paper. I'm going to do those, and you guys worry about the rest. Let's not overcomplicate this. It is a sitcom. <laughs> Well, look. Do you think uh, do you think you English are better than us? <laughs> wow! So all of this up to this point has just been an hors d'oeuvre, hasn't it, Mark? To get to the main course, which is just getting straight to it. Uh, yeah, I do. Yeah, you do. Yeah. yeah. Uh, now, yeah, because I've heard a lot about the. You know, I personally would like a public option because uh, in about three months I'm gonna I'm gonna be uh, lose my coverage. I'm I'm just gonna be stuck with faith based coverage. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, which really just entails me going, God, I hope that goes away a lot. <laughs> Your face is too shaky for that, Mark. Yeah. Way too shaky. Exactly. And and now I've, I hear a lot about the English and I've, uh, uh, system, and I've heard you know, Stephen Hawkins uh, came on uh, NPR yep. and, and talked through his voice box about how he wouldn't yep. even be alive. And then you hear the Republicans say, you know, the English are are just uh, bad and stupid and, and they have no choice and they wait online yeah. for a year. But what has your experience been with the English system? Well, it's been weak. Usually people in Britain have a very negative view of the NHS until Americans started criticizing it. <laughs> then all of a sudden there was this, whoa, 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 we can say that. Right. You can't say that. Yeah, you got right. N-words, yeah. the NHS. Yeah. You got, yeah you, you're not allowed to talk about it like that. We can do it. Because it's, you know, it is in... In a model, it is the system that you want. You know, no one getting left behind, no matter what their circumstances. But in practicality, it is a mess. Long, long waiting lists. 
and as usual, you know, overtired, underpaid hospital staff. You know, it's not the safest place, a British hospital, but, you know, at least you get in. <laughs> but 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 long waiting list is relative to uh, it's sort of like a triage situation, right? I mean, if you come and you're like my hands off and I'm holding it, could you yeah. please put it back on? Yeah, exactly, exactly. Then they'll say, do you know what? You get to go ahead of this guy who thinks he felt something in his foot. <laughs> <laughs> well, so that works. I mean, you got. <laughs> Right, I'm feeling lonely. I'm a little sad, and I think my toe hurts. I'm gonna go see that. Right. I'm gonna see that and nice doctor. We can doctor. go through the first two things and get to the third one. That's fine, but the first two are important. Yes. I am lonely and sad. Yeah, I, I mean, I've heard this argument before. Now, but there's another thing I wanted to ask about the British. Now, we are obviously en- entering the the end phase of our empire, and yeah, that's right. How did you guys handle that? Well, do you know what? It's not a happy time, but <laughs> once once you push through that, it, it gets it's plain sailing at the other end. As soon as you were, it, losing it is not is not great. Realizing you have someone else to blame is phenomenal. <laughs> then all your troubles just lift away, and you wonder why you ever wanted to be number one in the first place. <laughs> so there's nothing like a convenient economic scapegoat. Yeah, you know you're going to get that soon. Oh, really? And who are we going to blame? I think it's going to be the Chinese. No. I think it's going to be pointing over at China going, you, you did it. Well, that, the sad thing is, is they might do it. They might, yeah. <laughs> you know, they haven't done it yet, so maybe we're just waiting for the other shoe to drop. Yeah. What, uh, do you go back to England much or no? No, I don't, partly because I'm uh, applying for a green card at the moment, so I'm in lockdown. I'm not allowed to leave the country. What does that mean? If you go, you can't leave again? No, they can't, I can't go. If I go, they can't, I can't get back in. Oh, I see. See, so I'm not allowed. To, I'm landlocked. I can't leave America, and I've been having to give them blood tests and all kinds of ridiculous uh, questions. It's it's in, they've tested me for tuberculosis. Oh, they're really trying to get rid of you, huh? <laughs> yeah, they're probably going to. They think they think I'm like an 18th century English person. <laughs> you, you better watch it. If they suggest that they put you in quarantine at Ellis Island. I guess. <laughs> Place was shut down. All of a sudden, they started hosing me down. Go, hey, hey, hey! I'm pretty sure you don't do this anymore. Never mind. Shake that powder on it. What is it? I, I think we just wrote a Daily Show segment. There you go. <laughs> that just shows how depressingly easy it is. <laughs> so you've been here for a while, and I've seen you a few times. And you know, everybody always talks about how difficult it is to to make fun of Obama. I think it's going to get less difficult very soon. I'm not sure it's been that difficult anyway, because the, it, his ambition is inherently comic anyway, when you juxtapose it with the current events around the world. You think, you are mad. Yeah. You think you can do this. You are out of your mind. I don't want to be the old cynic saying, no, good luck to you, but it's hard not to be. I do find that he had, I, I absolutely buy the fact he his inspirational rhetoric, because he's not been around policies for that long, which is how you don't have your hope beaten out of you. But now he's starting to look like the kind of guy that goes, I am working with a bunch of assholes. Right. Wall to wall arsehole. I cannot believe how many douches there are in Washington. That is why the stakes are so high with healthcare at the moment, because if he can't do it now, I don't think it's ever going to happen. Because he, not only can he sell like no one else can, also the economy has tanked, meaning that this is an absolutely vital thing to do just economically now. So people aren't willing to accept it with those two things in place. 
I don't think that you're ever going to get that perfect storm again. Now, in terms of getting back to Britain, you know, I have found that many Americans uh, enjoy... It, it, over in a very they they're just crazy about British things. And <laughs> would you be more specific? Oh yeah, they, they're crazy about like uh, the, the British, uh, the Beatles, Eddie Izzard, yeah. T, uh, you know, plaid, and I. <laughs> And I, I don't, I've, I've never felt that. I mean, that is I, four things. Yeah. That is four specific things. Yeah, and I, and I like, you know, the, I like the Beatles, and, you know, Eddie Izzard, yeah. is, I'm neither here nor there, and I'll have a yeah. cup of tea occasionally, but, but, I, but my, in plaid, I don't, I don't generally wear. Sometimes in the summer, shirts with no sleeves, but, you know, nothing. Yeah. Yeah. But what is it about you people that, that we find so enchanting? Is it that you were originally our bosses? I don't, have you put any thought into uh, Anglophiles? I find the phrase "you people" extremely offensive, Mark. I was trying to reach out. Is that wrong? Is that condescending? I don't know why you do like us, really, because you know we weren't good bosses. <laughs> you know, we're, we're about as bad a boss as you can get. So yeah. I, I don't know why it is. I don't know if it's the you know just the, the echoes of once being bossed around. It's it's somehow it's quite comforting in a way. It's Stockholm syndrome. I think that's it. I think that's what it was. Because I don't think you want us back, so I think you like to know that we're there. Right, that, that explains the Beatles, Eddie Izzard, Plaid, and T. It's Stockholm Syndrome. <laughs> there you go. Now, how's yeah, your, that makes sense. Tell me a little about your podcast, because I, I very much enjoy uh, uh, your comedy and also your, your friend Andy's, who I met uh, oh, when I was in Ireland. He's a very smart guy. He's uh, great, yeah. And so, working, yeah it's just, we just do this weekly kind of roundup of stories. Really. We, got, we got offered to do it just before I left for America, so... Actually, no, it was just after I left for America. So it was a, it's a good way for us to kind of keep writing stuff together, even though we kind of write apart and then just have these half thought through ideas and talk it through. But you know, podcasts are fun. Yeah, I, I am enjoying it's it. It's fun to have complete autonomy. I know, it's amazing. It's, and then people listen to it on top of that. Well, yeah, and I've found that since, since doing it, I listen to a lot of podcasts now. Just because it's you know it's convenient on the way to work, and I, I, I like the fact you seem to get a much more interesting sample of stuff. So it's yeah, it's, I, I love it. Awesome. So now you're back at the Daily Show. Yeah, we're back. We're, we're working uh, without doing shows this week, and then we're back doing shows next week. What does it mean then that you're working? You guys are writing and producing things. Yeah, we're just writing, trying to get ahead. How's John doing? Is he all right? He's fine. Same old. Yeah, I don't know what that means, but I. I... <laughs> But I'm not going to press you on it. <laughs> he's great. I mean, I mean, he was great. He's always been great. So that is his default state. Now, are you doing any movies coming up? No. Oh, do, have you done any movies? Yeah, I did. What you, have I done any movies? Mark, you clearly didn't see the worst film of last year. What's that? Love Guru. Oh, you got a good agent. So I bet your community is going to be a big hit. <laughs> well, I've got the... I've got the kiss of death. <laughs> you were, you were, I, I, am, I am 0 for 1 in the biggest way with movies. You did. You, you were in The Love Guru? Yeah. What was your character? Yeah. What was your character's name? Get, get ready. Yeah. Get ready. Yeah. Dick Pants. Dick Pants. Yeah. Wow. And ju- in fact, just like the actor thing, there was someone, someone said to me, they were doing like interviews for the DVD. Yeah. She actually said to me, how did you create the character of Dick Pants? <laughs> <laughs> what? 
people listen to what you just said, the answer to your question is in it. There is no character. <laughs> what, would, what was Dick Pants doing last week? <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's great. Well, thank oh, God. Th- thank God you have the Daily Show to go home to. Yeah. That's you don't your, believe it. That's Otherwise, when I leave that show, my career is going down. Well, it's just your salvation, you know? Yeah. It's great talking to you, John. I hope I see you, you soon. You too, mate. Okay, buddy. Bye. Bye-bye. So that was John Oliver from The Daily Show, or uh, some of you might know him as Dick Pants <laughs> from The Love Guru. And he can be seen in the upcoming sitcom Community, where he has a... We weren't able to get clarity on, on what his role will be in terms of who he is in the cast, whether it's recurring, occasional, or a fluke. All right, so we're going to call my dad because I talked to him the other day and he seems to have a lot of ideas about what I should be doing with my life. And I think, um, I think we, we got to call his cell. He's probably at work. Hey, Dad, it's Mark. What are you doing? Yeah, somebody had cut the finger open and the knuckle on a shower door and then never got it treated, so I had to take it apart and redo it here in the office. Two days ago, it looks perfect. You you took apart her finger? I took apart the uh, the opening that she had cut into in the tendon and the skin into the joint, and I reconstructed the joint, and I didn't expect it to really heal, but it healed. It's healing nicely. Are you allowed to just do that? Yeah, I can do that. You're allowed to do that. We do, we do minor surgery here. Oh, all right. You're just doing it right out there at the storefront, right? The strip mall? Yep. That's terrific. You're like a uh, you're a doc, doctor in the Wild West. I'm a doctor. That's right. Doc Doc Frail. I mean, who, who's Doc Frail? Do you remember that name? I have no idea what you're talking about. Yeah, Doc. Who was the one? Uh, the Hanging Tree. Remember the uh, they found that uh, that glory hole, and then uh, they they wanted to hang the guy as a as a demon. A glory hole? Is this a, a gay story? No, no. <laughs> the glory hole meaning it was full of nuggets, gold nuggets. Oh. I think it was Doc Frail. And he had, uh, his wife had died in the fire that thought he had started. Huh. He had the famous doctor. Who's that famous doctor was with that, uh, oh, one of the uh, law enforcement guys, the old-time West, what, TV? Doc Holliday? Yeah, Doc Holliday, yeah. I don't think he was a real doctor, though. I'm, that I don't know. Couldn't, yeah, you're right. Could, could possibly be. So not. if you were Doc Holliday, you'd probably be drunk and shooting your patient. <laughs> That's right. Well, I don't know. I just want to talk about these, like you know, these job ideas you had for me because I, I found them to be compelling. I, I, because you know, I, I am uh, in between things right now, and and you had suggested. Um, I don't. I'm not sure. I quite understood the 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 big the the one with the TVs. Um. Refresh my memory. What, what did I say? I it's about it's something to do with McDonald's and Wendy's. And, oh, okay. Yes. 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 Well. You know, it, it, it goes back to me. What I was going to do was have have a wellness thing at a Wendy's or any fast food store. You know, it's international business. I was going to say, fine. I wanted a contract to put a new disc in there every month, let's say, on a factor of wellness. Wait, 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 wait. We skipped a beat here. So a disc into what? I wanted to create a, make a disc, you know, you know give a lecture, make a lecture on a, on a CD. Yeah. That could be then sent to all McDonald's. And then people would have the option to sit at a table and uh, if you know, pick a topic. You know, pick a topic on uh, uh, what they wanted to listen to as far as health education went. Well, okay, right? this, this would be right. at every, every table? No, you have a select uh, section of them just to see how it works. If, if it worked well, then it might be a very lucrative thing for them because people might want to 
sit there and eat more hamburgers and hot dogs and crappy French fries, you know, and uh, and then uh, uh, they would be making money. It would be lucrative. But then you'd, be, you'd be actually showing them videos on, on reasons why they shouldn't eat that shit. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. I'm sure, I'm sure I, they'd, be, heard, they'd welcome that, that business I had that argument before. Right. right. Yeah. So then I, when I was talking to you, I just extrapolated that idea to say, well, you know, you've got all this talent. You're, you know, you're a fantastic uh, comedian. You've got great timing. Well, why not put out a, start putting out a series of discs where they can sit down and have their food, any restaurant you want, let's say McDonald's, have their food and sit down at this little screen, individual screen, like an individual little jukebox. Mm-hmm. In the old days when you had a uh, jukebox to play, it's sitting at the counter. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and they could play anything they wanted, you know, from uh, wellness, let's say, to uh, uh, comedic entertainment, to uh, whatever they want, to sporting events, you know, pick a sporting event, and just have a menu. Here's your menu. And uh, come on in and eat, and uh, pick your uh, pick your entertainment while you're sitting there. Okay. I, I thought I thought it'd be simple and would work because it doesn't take much investment on the part of you, me, or anyone else doing it. It only takes investment on the part of the store to set up a little uh, uh, CD setup with a with a screen so that people can eat and watch a screen. Right. So, but this is something we'd have to probably go to McDonald's headquarters or Wendy's or. Exactly, but imagine if they took it. Yeah. That's an international business, then, and all you're doing is putting out one disc a month and sending it around the world. I don't think you can beat that kind of passive income. No, I think I think you're right. So let's uh, let's do it. Why don't you make the calls? I was gonna, I had it all set up. I, I had the speech and everything. I was gonna I was gonna go to headquarters at McDonald's, Wendy's, and uh, whatever. Oh yeah. Carl's Juniors or something. I was gonna try to do that, but I haven't done it yet. I haven't had the time. Oh, all right. I, so I, I think I think it could be a winner. Yeah, no, I think so too. So, all right. So maybe when I come out there, you know, we'll take a trip. We'll go to McDonald's and Wendy's and Carl's Jr.'s. You don't want to just start at the store, though. That'd be awkward. You want to go to the headquarters. Yeah, I don't think going to the store would help unless I wanted to walk out and you know walk up and down in front with a with a stretcher and a scapula in my hand and a white coat on. I don't know how. I don't know what kind of advertisement I could I could generate like that. Yeah, and if, that, I got, that, if I got corporate on my side, then uh, it's a done deal. Right, right, of course. All right, so so we'll just hammer this out. We'll just take our time and we'll hammer it out, and then uh, me and you are going to be rich, and we'll just uh, have a like a, a machine make the discs and a guy shoot them, and we'll put them in a warehouse, and we'll have all these uh, TV sets at all the McDonald's, the Wendy's, and Carl's Juniors. I think you know I, I've thought about this many times. I think simple as it sounds, you know, those kind of things some often work, you know, without without a lot of big investment. All right. Well, uh, I'll put some thought into it, and I appreciate it. Maybe you should uh, give a little more time to your patient there. Okay, Rick. Right. Yeah, thanks uh, for calling. I love, love you. you. Bye. Bye-bye. Okay, so I guess that's what I'm going to be doing. Yeah, you know, my, my dad says it's pretty easy. Basically, what we're going to do is we're going to sell McDonald's, Carl's Jr., and Wendy's, The I guess what you would call a system, where they put a TV screen or two in a screening area of their restaurants across, around the world where we would supply them with discs on either wellness or comedy. (laughs) (laughs) And and people would, I guess, pay or maybe not pay. And uh, apparently all these places will be very grateful to have this at their business. And there was some talk that we'd have to start a corporate or else my dad would would have to walk in front of the place wearing a, a white coat with a scalpel, which I I don't know. It was an advertising idea that would seem to be fleeting, <laughs> but 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 uh, according to him, this is a no brainer. So when he's got time, I think it was really the main reason. It seems that he didn't embark on this was a time issue. So 
So when he's got time, I guess we'll we'll get get started on that. Okay, all right. Okay, now it's time for a few with Matthew, with Matthew Weiss, my friend kind of. I don't I don't know if you're supposed to pay friends, but he had some issue with uh text we have a texting problem. You know, I I'm, I'm helping Mark put together these DVDs for his pitch for this uh pilot thing. And so I made a couple of DVDs and then I gave them to him and we sat there for a couple of hours while they processed and we laid out the the menus and made it look real nice. So I get a text today and a voicemail. I like I get out of the shower and I see two calls from Mark, text, two texts, and a voicemail. The voicemail says, The DVD's not working. And I and I get another text that's like, This thing doesn't work. The menu button doesn't work. And I and I actually say, like, what what do you mean? Is How? that the voice my text has? Yeah. Matthew? Yeah. That's the voice my text has. Exactly. That's how I hear it. This isn't working. That's how my text talk. Yeah, it's it's petulant, demanding, and vague. Vaguely also scared. So I'm not necessarily saying it's all directed at me. It's frustrated and scared. You know, it said, uh, here's the text. Uh, I don't know how you get that out of that. I can't believe that's the voice you give my texts. Fuck! There's something wrong with the DVD menu. Okay, that's all I get is there's something wrong. And I, I meant to interpret that. Find the answer. Well, let me give a little backstory. Right. All right. The backstory is that we put together a DVD with three episodes of stuff that I cut to be seen as potential pilots for a TV show and add some other stuff on there. So we made this DVD yeah. and he went through this big thing where it's like, I don't know if I can put this on your computer. Uh, oh, we can. Look, you have iDVD. And then we put it on my computer. Then I burned a couple. I took the two you had. I put it into my computer and I couldn't get it. The, I couldn't click on the menu options other than the first two. And then the rest of them wouldn't work. And then you got what text? Yeah, that's already way more information than you were able to. What give did me. it say again? Fuck the DVD. Wait, here it is. Fuck. There's something wrong with the DVD menu. Well, that's true. Okay. There's a, there, there's one vague word after the other. Fuck. So okay. So I should feel like this is important. Then there's something that's vague. Wrong. Okay, that's bad. So at least I get there's something bad. And then what did you write to me? Could you explain it? And, more? Uh, and then I wrote what. Right. And then, and then he wrote back, can't select. I'll try it on the TV. Can't select. Well, I, oh, my God. It's like I'm, I'm not like reading tea leaves of DVD menus. What, that, you what, that, what did you say? And then I, and then I wrote, in, in kind of defensively, it worked for me. Maybe you're doing it wrong. Right. And you know how I read that? Yeah. What are you, fucking retarded? Yeah, that's exactly how I meant it. And, and it, then how did I respond to that? Works on TV, computer didn't work. Who knows? <laughs> <laughs> works on TV, computer didn't work. Who knows? And, and I write back. Now Now I realize that I'm in for it. So I write back. What do you mean specifically by wouldn't work? If you want to bring it and your computer tonight, I can check it out for you. Now I've gone to like talking to the three-year-old voice. Uh-huh. And then what did the three-year-old Menu buttons didn't work right. <laughs> But they work on the TV. <laughs> what? What do you mean work right? I write back. Please be specific. Yeah. This gets closer to, you know, it's still the same voice, but, but it's a little more calm. I could only get episode one and episode two to play. The others didn't give me the option to select them. And I just wrote back weird. And that was the end of it? And then you wrote, might be my machine. And then I wrote two things you never really wrote back to. Were these the DVDs I gave you or the ones you made? 
now trying to find fault with you instead of me because I made the DVDs. And how were you selecting with the mouse or the arrows? You know, we're trying to diagnose here. You're just like, Dr. Pain, <laughs> pain in here. But, Something hurt. But my, the sad thing about this is like about midway through that thing, I was like, why don't we just talk on the phone? Why am I doing this? Well, I don't, don't, you don't have to yell. That's, that's why. Cause you can't yell on a, but on I a didn't, text. I didn't understand what was happening. And then I realized after I played it on the TV, that was probably my computer that there's something wrong with the DVD player. And, and part of me was like, I got to send these out. I need to get them out to the people I want to get them out to. Yeah. There's panic in there. I get it. I get it. I there understand. wasn't a lot of panic. I just Not didn't, a lot, I, just enough. I didn't want to have to go over to your house again and wait for three hours. Right. Oh, here we go. Why you, you did something and charged me for it. Things take time. Wait, let's see if I can play the one voicemail. Cause it's, I called you? Okay, here we go. Hey, man, there's something wrong with the DVD. Click. <laughs> and that was kind of whiny. Hey, man, there's something wrong with the DVDs. No, the, let's get to what the real issue was, is that because I said anything at all, it implied that you did something wrong. Well, yeah, so that's, that, that's true. That's my side of it. And then we were just kind of danced around this idea that you did something wrong, and then I think I realized... After we texted like teenage girls for a half an hour, <laughs> that maybe there was nothing wrong with it, and I was done talking to you. Yeah, that was great. Like sometimes I wish I could just be out of that and let it just flame out by itself, and then you know you'll get back to me later. No, this is part of it. This is I just was I helpful? Was was what I said to you at all helpful to get you to? It became annoying after a while. You yeah. were like sort of like you know Mister Science. Yeah, like, I don't want to be any more specific about where it. I understand that they were a little more vague. They were vague, yeah. and perhaps I should. Yeah. And a kind of a demand. That's the part that really, oh, the demand. Why aren't you here? Why aren't you helping me? That's right. Yeah. I get it. I Look, I you don't. You made them. I, okay, here we go. But look, I'm not blaming you for wanting to have somebody right there to help you right away. I'm just trying to set you up for what you might be able to expect you know when I have my own life. You know what happens to me life. when he talks and when he does this stuff is I actually become, like, my eyes glaze over like a child. Yeah. And, like... I, I don't I no longer yeah. understand yeah, I what I'm supposed to learn or why he's still talking. I know mommy's mad. I can't remember why. No, I, I didn't. It's not even mad. It's just sort of like, okay, I guess this ends with me saying, Matthew, you were right. Okay, is That's, that how, does that make you feel better? I mean, it's a it's a start. If it was genuine, it, it would oh be better. Oh my god. People are going to no, think it's, we're, Mark. No, Mark. I don't. Gonna, I don't need it from you anymore. That's, people it's my are going to think we're so gay. They already do think we're gay. We're not gay. We're just... Uh, we're just well-groomed. No, we're weird, neurotic, ridiculous. Yeah, just because we're desperate for emotional you connection know, uh, doesn't make us gay. Is it is it wrong to break up over text? Because I'm breaking up with you right now. Sure. Be specific, though. <laughs> Matthew, all done. <laughs> What the fuck? Seriously, what the fuck? Or what the fuck? Why, why not? It's been a great show. I want to thank my guest, John Oliver. I want to thank my dad for doing the show. I still have some problems with him uh, on other levels, but we'll we'll work it out. Also, again, if you want to follow us on Twitter, it's uh, WTFPod at uh, twitter.com slash WTFPod. You can email us with anything you want at uh, WTFPod at gmail. We'll, uh, we'll talk to you next time. Thanks for listening.